Hi, you're listening to Authorised. My name's Harry Reardon. You can find me online under Victor Reardon or at VictorSmith197 on Twitter. Thank you. Hope you enjoy. Oh. Hello there. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you just fine. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well. Okay, so welcome to the Authorised podcast. I'm Harry Reardon. Alex, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course I can. Um, I'm Alex. Um, I am a children's author and illustrator. I live and work in Cornwall with my two children and my husband. Um, so that's that's me in a nutshell. Absolutely. And uh, so your story is really interesting because I've heard a few parents that started started or got their books out through wanting to get their kids to read. But what makes your story interesting is the way that you handled it. <laughs> yes, yes, it was a, it was a sneaky one. It was, it was, a, it was definitely an interesting uh, way to go about it. Do you wanna, do you wanna just, uh, do you wanna break it down for us? Yeah, of course I can. So um, I have a little boy who is in primary school, and last year when we were off uh, in our first sort of lockdown. Uh, he was a little bit reluctant to move on from reading picture books and challenge himself to reading any form of prose that was uh, longer than a couple of sentences. Now, we knew that he was completely capable of doing this. Um, we knew that because he would read things like road signs to us. Um, he could read... Um, uh, things that he really, really wanted to, um, like instructions for things. Um, he, he'd be able to figure that out, um, even down to um, uh, reading prose on a sort of video game, uh, if that came up. Uh, he's quite into Pokemon, so uh, that was uh, that was how he sort of fell. Um, so we concluded that he either just didn't want to dedicate the time to it, or he was lacking confidence with smaller writing, and um, being faced with a really big page of text. Um, I came up with a little sneaky plan. Um, I told him that a friend of mine was writing a book uh, for children of his age and would really love to have some feedback on the initial chapters. And I said, it's all about Cornwall and it's all about the Mermaid of Zena and there is a there is a link there, which I'm not going to explain because <laughs> it's uh, quite a long one, but he, there's a link to the Zena Mermaid that uh, piqued his interest. Um, and he agreed. And so I hastily wrote a chapter and gave it to him. Um, I deliberately made the writing nice and big and I spread it out for him. So it didn't look too daunting and I didn't make it particularly long. Um, and I thought, I'll just see how it goes and I gave it to him so he read the chapter and he enjoyed it so he asked for another chapter I said okay well we'll have to wait till they email it across I'll, I'll give your feedback back and we'll see how it goes so we did this uh, we wrote another chapter and uh, gave it to him and again he read it and then he started to pester me every single morning. <laughs> whether the new yeah. had been written, whether my friend had emailed it across yet. Um, 
uh, I had to start writing a little bit faster um, and yeah. really sort of go for it. Um, we got to chapter five um, before I had to tell him uh, it was me that was writing it. Um, and he thought that was very cool. Uh, he didn't believe me at first because <laughs> I normally write uh, picture books and bits and pieces. Um, so he didn't he didn't believe that I'd been writing this big, long story. Um, and uh, it, it became quite good fun because we'd chat about what was going to happen next and how the little boy, Sam, who's the main character of the story, could overcome everything that's going on and some of his ideas and elements uh, I wrote into the story and it became a sort of collaborative focus at a time when I think it was quite challenging it was missing his friends he um uh, schoolwork was quite chaotic because we we didn't know how long the situation was going to go on for um so it, it sort of provided a good grounding um, so after a few weeks, we finished it, I edited it, and I released it as a book. Um, wow. and he was very excited. Um, but we didn't tell anybody else. Um, so I write under a pen name for this series. Um, it's uh, a name that is important to me. Um, it is a family name. Uh, but uh, it's not under my name. So uh, actually nobody knows that I've written the series of books um, probably until last week, apart from my immediate family and um, a friend of mine who's been helping me with some editing. So uh, it's, it's been, a been, been a fun secret project. <laughs> what was the idea behind the pen name then? What made you want to use a different name to sort of keep it a bit? It was to keep it more secret. Uh, it was it was a little bit it became our secret and it, it we decided to spread a little bit of cheer as well in the way that we we released the book um and uh, every day we would be going out doing our walks um and uh, i think we've all been all been there walking's become a quite a big thing for our daily exercise of late and um we yeah were, we were out doing our walks and everywhere we went, we found lots of people were leaving boxes outside of books for people to share and enjoy. Um, there's one at the bottom of our road, which has got a little label on the front saying, uh, please help yourself to our lockdown library. Um, and that sort of gave us a bit of a, a bigger idea. So when we were started to have a bit more freedom of movement out of our strict lockdown, um, we started to pass lock books and we would drop them in places um and with a little note leaving them there for people to enjoy um and yes. spread a little bit of cheer basically um there's a there's a, a a very active group of people called the cornish book fairies um who also do this uh and go around and drop books for people to find and um, they were going to drop some of our books as well. But um, unfortunately, we headed back down into lockdown again. So <laughs> we didn't quite get around to that. But we did a load anyway. And with a little note for, for people to enjoy them um, and hid them basically sort of wherever we went. Um, so that's why it sort of it stayed a bit of a secret, because we wanted to just send a little bit of magic and a little bit of cheer to some children that were out doing their walks and and 
just picking up something, finding something that was a little bit of fun and hopefully brightening up their day. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fantastic. I love the idea of the lockdown library. I think that's um, it's not something that we really do around here. And it sounds it sounds amazing. It, it sounds like a really good idea. It's really good. Um, they're 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 great about it. They um, they obviously they clean down every book and they wrap them all up in uh, cling film or tin foil <laughs> and leave them in a yeah. in a in a little ready made uh, uh, little uh, sorry not ready made but uh, specially made shed that they've created at the bottom of their driveway. <laughs> Um, oh wow! And uh, you know, if you get bored, it, it's fantastic. Um, I know that we've got a lot around here, but my my nan, who's uh, by herself, she's in the, in the the south of England, but a long way from us, um, has been suffering really badly with loneliness, this lockdowns, um, and her thing is reading. And when they closed the libraries, that was one of the biggest things for her so we've picked up books and bits and pieces and sort of sent them to her as well in order to just try and you know keep her entertained it's obviously a lifeline for a lot of people and a bit of escapism yeah it's something that I mean it's something good to come out of this lockdown if it's anything is how it has in a very strange way brought together people that are doing that sort of thing they're spreading the love and spreading the joy by just doing what they can, whether it's things like that or the people that are now doing online quizzes and music shows and just little things to try and spread some happiness. It's actually it's great to see. Yeah, I can I can uh, definitely say that uh, I think our sense of community is probably going a lot stronger as a result of it in our immediate community. Like for us, absolutely. we've 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 virtually met and physically met a lot more people within our village over the last six months um, at a distance. Um, and I think you, you kind of can put faces to names now and uh, you, it's it's been great. It's been great to sort of get involved with bits and pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that that, that stays once everything kind of goes back to normal. So is your son now, does he, is he bugging you for a second, not bugging, is he going at you for a second book? Is he, what does he, what's the plan now? So um, he did, absolutely. Um, he um, bugged me for a second book. It took a little bit longer because Christmas <laughs> and uh, other projects and uh, illustration work sort of, that sort of took over um, and it took a little while um, and we knew what we were going to do is we were going to try and build a story around how you could smuggle a giant across Cornwall. Um, <laughs> it's been done. There's been a lot of theories in the household as to you know how it could have been achieved. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, it's it's the story's done. It's actually out tomorrow. Um, and um, oh wow, that's that's all all done and dusted, and it's he's declared it's now going to be a series which is fine because Cornwall has got such a rich history of um, uh, myths and legends and everywhere you look um, there is some kind of tale that is interwoven into the the history of that village or 
uh, town. So it's 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 really there's a sort of a rich history in sort of storytelling in the area. Um, and every one that we've chosen to base the book around is based on an actual story. Um, and they are a sort of what if um, these were true and they were brought yeah. into the present day and they were experienced by somebody now, what would happen? So in the first book, he meets the mermaid of Zena and it's uh, an interesting look at the way he approaches uh, what she has to say and um, how he goes about helping her. Um, and in the second book, it's all about uh, the giant of Cormoran who built or is told to have built uh, St. Michael's Mount in Cornwall. Um, and there are elements of that story that were sort of missing. We knew that he had a wife, um, according to the legend, but we never found out what happened to her. So she might make an appearance in the next book. How how big is this giant? Is this 10 foot or 50 foot? <laughs> So if you're looking at Cornish history, um, my husband is Cornish, so uh, uh, he uh, he does point out that uh, a long time ago, hundreds of years ago, people were actually physically shorter. Um, it, that's that's a known fact. Um, and uh, yeah. when you're looking at these legends, the giants that are often based on on actual people um, and they are sort of told to be around seven foot tall um for the purposes of a children's story i really feel that you know this giant needed to be bigger <laughs> okay uh, so how how big did you go uh we went we went very big uh we went the size of a footprint was uh enough for sam the little boy to lie down in so uh we went we went proper giant on this one <laughs> Oh, wow. That's uh, fantastic. So uh, we, it was, you know, you can still leave it to your imagination as to how big how yeah. big this giant is. Um, and uh, 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 we wanted to make sure it was not going to be an easy task in order to get this giant across Cornwall, for sure. Absolutely. I feel um, I feel really lucky because. Like get, getting to hear these sort of stories, I've heard I've heard various that have, people that have been inspired by wanting to get their kids into the creative process and they want to show and I I don't have kids I've got an abundance of nieces <laughs> and I'm I'm I feel inspired because nothing that I've wrote or am writing I feel is appropriate really to show <laughs> a, a, a five-year-old girl so I feel inspired to create something for them I feel like that in itself sounds I don't know. I feel like that's, I think that's what's next for me. That, that sounds, I genuinely do feel that. I feel inspired. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to come up with something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like such a great thing. And it sounds like it's something that, you know, used to can really connect over. I think that's absolutely amazing. It's, it's been a great fun process. I, I'm, I will say that writing a children's chapter book, writing them rather than writing a, a novel. Um, if you're a writer, then you kind of you expect that hitting a word count every day and and trying to to get that book out there and you know reaching for those sort of seventy thousand words and 
I feel the children's chapter book, which an early chapter book is around seven to 10,000 words. And I feel it's it becomes a, a story that's sort of a lot more bite-sized and achievable. You have to make every word count. Like you have to ensure that Absolutely. there's no kind of, you have to sort of really get those sentences nice and concise, but it, it makes it, I think, uh, I think you you get that sort of sense of achievement, that sense of sort of satisfaction of finishing something a lot quicker because you you have that um, that shorter word count to aim for, and also you get to make that imagination sort of really go for it because children will happily accept lots of these concepts, and um, you know you say a giant and they go giant, it's huge. Which is why we made the giants so big. Um, yeah. And um, they, you know, talking about it, especially, you know, they point out things um, from a point of view that you would never have thought about it from. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I bet. You're trying to think, you know, the logistics of, you know, how to get this giant um, without being seen. And they're thinking of the tiniest little bit of the story. <laughs> as to what's going to happen if um, they lose their, I don't know, socks on the way round <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and it, these little details that become very important to, to the story, um, it's, they add a little bit of fun to, to the writing as well. Oh, yeah, I bet. Uh, my, my question from that is who's making the giant socks? That's, <laughs> that's a daunting task, but, <laughs> that, yeah, no, I... <laughs> it, it becomes a rabbit hole i i have to admit uh you sort of you start to think of you, you when you're creating characters you always try and you mentally create a backstory to them as to you have to they, they become these sort of actual fully formed people in your head and uh with children's characters um some of the things um that you kind of start to think about you kind of go oh exactly who makes the giant socks <laughs> yeah that's I mean that that's the question that's going to be in my head now I mean um but yeah it, in all honesty it, it absolutely it sounds absolutely amazing where uh where can people find your book at the moment, where can I find your book at the moment uh it's on Amazon um uh, the first book is yeah. The Return to Zena and it's on paperback and it's on an ebook um what we're looking at doing is creating for the summertime a hardback version of the book and we're going to uh, put it into a series um and um yeah try and try and have a, a nice anthology of stories but at the moment each individual book is available on amazon that's amazing did you um did you illustrate these yourself as well yeah i did illustrate them myself um I uh, I did the, the cover art and um, there's uh, I call them doodles uh, at the start of every chapter um, because um, then it's not fully illustrated book um, I I didn't want to make it about the pictures um, I I do children's picture books quite a bit and I just wanted this to add a bit of flavour to the book a little bit of a, a jumping off point for the imagination but I really wanted the words to be the key thing and um, the great thing about it is the chapters are short they're easy bedtime reading independently or they're 
not going to go on forever if you're a parent reading so there's sort of no excuse to sit down it's a five minute chapter read for a parent um so um it's it's a great way to sort of get engaged with your children and with reading that's absolutely amazing thank you so much for taking the time to to jump on and have a chat and tell us about your book and your story it's been an absolute pleasure and i hope i get a chance to talk to you again yeah no problem it's been great talking to you as well so uh, uh i would love to speak to you again and uh i uh, wish you luck as well with your your new children's book endeavors <laughs> i i'm 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 already noodling ideas i will uh <laughs> this is it's on now thank you so much you're welcome talk to you, talk to you soon thanks bye. bye you have been listening to the anchored podcast thank you for jumping on you can find us on twitter at victor smith 197 we are also on youtube at the social distance in virtual pub and make sure you jump down give us a like give us a comment it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much.